welcome to The Path Board Utah. I'm Jamie Renda, your host today. A lot to talk about. I think I'm going to start with a, a topic that's a little bit off for what I normally talk about, and it's free Brittany. Um, so I, I can't remember how long ago, but it was uh, it must have been 15 years ago. I had this odd dream one night, and I woke up the next day and told my daughters, who at the time, let me see, my one daughter is... 29 so she was probably 14 so this is i think before um britney's conservative conservativeship i say that properly um anyway it was just one of these really odd dreams that i, I probably shouldn't even share this on air but like britney was flying on this pillow and uh anyway but the the the, the basic part of the dream is i thought britney needed my help <laughs> And so it was just this weird dream, and I, th- I thought, you know, I wanted to invite Brittany to come live with us, and and my daughters thought I was really weird, and, I, and there's at this time nothing really about her that was out in public, and I wasn't a big fan of Brittany Spears. I was okay as when she kind of gone from the, you know, the innocent, you know, I had these young young girls that really liked her, and then she was kind of getting out on the edge. Probably I wouldn't see that at this pr- point in my life. Um, as I did when I had these young, young girls at that time. But um, anyway, so I have this connection because of that dream that I've always had this concern for Britney Spears, but I didn't really know what was going on in her life um, until just recently when this whole free Britney Spears thing started a few years ago. And, uh, but she testified today um, for herself. And so I'm going to, compare this to something I work with because I work a lot with the homeless population here in in Ogden area and one of the things that happened probably back in the 1980s um, is the homeless uh, won the right to be uh, the mentally ill uh, won the right to not be um, I'm trying to think of the right word to to use here but basically to be forced into mental uh, care facilities where they were, you know, forced into uh, to mental health facilities. And so a lot of the homeless population at that time, uh, not homeless population, mental, mentally ill, were let out of these mental health facilities and they came chronically homeless. And so then you had other challenges, you know, the right to be homeless and everything else that has kind of come from that. But a lot of the chronically homeless people that we deal with are the people that at one time would have probably been forced to be in some type of mental health facility. So I'm just kind of prefacing this, that these people were able to receive freedoms that Britney Spears does not have. I mean, as long as they're not a threat to themselves or society, uh, they are able to go about their lives. And uh, I have one guy that passes by my store multiple times a day. And, uh, you know, he's kind of a, he, he, anyway, I'm not going to get it, but he's definitely got, he's very troubled soul. And he actually has a family here in the Ogden area that's very wealthy, would love to make sure he has a home to, to live in, but he does not want to to live in their home or to be taken care of in that way. Um, 
So I'm sitting here looking at these, the, the people that I have been working with and thinking, you know, that they have more freedom than Britney Spears has had. Uh, they have the freedom to live their lives as they have seen fit and uh, where she has not. And so anyway, it's kind of heartbreaking um, as I read um, what she has gone through. She is currently not able to date the people she would like to date, to engage into a long-term relationship. She is forced to be on birth control and not able to have additional children. Um, when she's not performing like, you know, the little, um, you know, dance monkey dance type you know, performer, uh, they, they medicate her more, uh, her, um, her team, um, um, that, uh, her performance team or management team, when she complains about or decides that she doesn't want to do certain things, I mean, actually have a direct line that it sounds like back in 2019 where they could contact her, uh, psychiatrist and, and say, hey, Brittany's not cooperating. I mean, it just sounds really uh, like a nightmare scenario. It's going to be interesting on, on getting Brittany's full perspective on this. So I guess she got to the point where she just decided she's not going to perform anymore. Um, but this is the first time that she's actually, in the 13 years, have came out and testified in her behalf. And, uh, and she talked about, you know, how she would like to sue her family. She would like the opportunity to to be able to go on and uh, and have an interview and talk to the world about what's happened to her over the the last 13 years of her life, how she's not happy, she can't sleep, and uh, she's depressed, and she cries on a regular basis that she has no control over her life. And again... I'm not saying I, and maybe there's were initially good intentions um, from her family on this, but uh, even like, as I mentioned before, maybe some financial um, control where maybe not all of her money is spent at one time, but she should certainly have freedom of her day-to-day -day life. And uh, she said, it is my wish and dream for all of this to end. I want my life back. I truly believe that this conservatorship is abusive. I want to end the conservatorship without being evaluated. I want to petition to end it. That um, it's doing more hard, harm than good. I deserve to have a life. And I'm going to 100% agree with her. I don't know if she's know what her mental state is and what she has but I do know again as I as I work with people that the court has said has the the right to um, to be homeless uh, or not to be locked up in mental uh, facilities as long as they're not a harm to themselves or others I believe that uh, Britney Spears has that same right. So anyway, in saying that, I just thought I'd kind of start out there because it was a, a, an interesting time that, you know, somebody with her talent and her success um, has not had the freedom that, uh, that we would think that she should have or that any of us should have. And uh, so going on from that freedom, I'm going to go into go into another freedom because this is actually, I mean, 
I shouldn't say symbolic, but I, I guess it is kind of symbolic of, you know, uh, big government knows best, you know, looking out for our best interest. And I think that's somewhat of this conservatorship, you know, is somehow they knew best for Brittany. And uh, but freedom is sometimes being given the ability and the freedom to do maybe what's not always best and and making those bad decisions and maybe losing most of our money. And I think Brittany has the right to, uh, to be able to lose the money that she earned and, and, uh, and maybe experience, you know, those type of uh, experiences in her life. I think that's her right to, to have those life journeys. So anyway, um, I hope that uh, the court system listens uh, to her petition on this. And I'm just amazed with the other court decisions that have been made over the years that she's in the position that she's in um, when so many, uh, of course, I don't know, you know, at what point maybe she was a threat to herself, but certainly over 13 years uh, that that threat should have been minimized and, that she should no longer be a threat to herself. So anyway, I think, you know, free Brittany at this point. So when we get back after this break, we're going to uh, talk about um, the January 6th and some of the stupid comments that President Biden made this morning about taking on the government and uh, threatening to nuke the American people. Uh, just some crazy uh, things, but I'm going to kind of compare that to the, uh, connect that to the January 6th, what took place there, some of the sentencing things that's going on, and also to John Sullivan's latest video that he put out. And so remember, John Sullivan is one of the people here in Utah that was an Antifa member. Now, you know, he kind of denied it. But now he is a self-proclaimed, just made a video on how to be Antifa and to join the Antifa movement. So when we get back in just a minute, we're going to talk about these rambling remarks that Joe Biden made and the general. Be back in just a minute. the path forward Utah. I'm Jamie Renda. You can talk about this incoherent message that Joe Biden gave out Americans. I don't think there's anything actually incoherent about it. I think he said exactly what he meant. I'm going to preface it by the fact that uh, they, the attorney general and um, they are partnering with universities, Google and other social media networks to tackle the domestic terrorist possibilities and basically, we got a lot of brown shirts out there ready to tattle on anybody whose speech is not in alignment with the critical race theory and uh, with other agendas that they have. Anyone that's speaking out against um, the agendas that they have are going to be considered 
domestic potential domestic terrorists. Google's already taking note on which of us are uh, anti-critical race theory, and uh, there's little check marks going against us. And this is this is kind of crazy, but universities are lining up with this agenda to uh, somehow it's all constitutional um, and it's not, I don't know, <laughs> it doesn't seem very constitutional at all. But uh, anyway, we are, we are going to be listened to and uh, we're going to be reported on when our speech does not align with what they feel our speech speech in line with. So in saying that, uh, I'm just going to touch just briefly on the January 6th. First, I want to full disclaimer, no one, no one was more disappointed with what happened on January 6th than I was because I immediately saw that it was going to be a major setback for our movement. Um, And but at the same time, so I want to preface that I do not agree with what happened. I don't support the people who did it. However, I'm going to defend some of the people who did it because I feel that uh, that there was a lot of things that were kind of wacko about January 6th um, in the way that they're uh, framing it. One, Nancy Pelosi and the mayor of D.C. had a responsibility to make sure that there's better security, and they intentionally neglected it because they wanted this to happen on January 6th. The FBI warned of the potential of this happening on January 6th. The FBI had people uh, in these groups and knew and instigated and I think even pushed for this to happen on January 6th. So, um, they're saying, you know, nothing like this has happened before, which they're totally wrong. Uh, I watch, you know, sporting events. I served an LDS mission in in, uh, Alberta, Canada, and I had never really been around hockey prior to this. Uh, I was from Texas, so hockey was not a big sport in Texas. But you know what? When there's a major hockey tournament or game or however however they say it, um, and after that, I mean, there's a major riot sometimes that exists. Uh, and sometimes it's not just the losers, the winners, they go out and they're crazy, this group mentality that possesses people. And that's what happened on January 6th. So to say, now, maybe it's never happened at the Capitol, but this group mentality happens on a regular basis. And they understand the psychology of this group mentality. They understood that when the FBI knew that this massive group was going to be there on January 6th and that this potential was there. They knew all it would take is a small match to ignite that fire. And they intentionally did not provide the security because they wanted it to happen. These people didn't come prepared for an insurrection. They didn't come prepared armed. They came prepared to protest and to try to get their message across of their extreme unhappiness and displeasure. There were some ignorant people mixed <clears throat> mixed among with them, and I definitely believe that Antifa was mixed among with them. But uh, anyway, so Joe Biden uh, goes on to say, if you think you need weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s, maybe some nuclear weapons. Um The Second Amendment from the day it was passed was limited to the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon they could own. You could not buy a cannon. Well, even people on the left have came in and and said there is no law 
that uh, that prohibited people from buying a cannon back then. And so he was wrong on that. And so basically, he, he's threatening the American people, anybody, and, and saying there's no right for people um, to take up arms against the government, that there's no balance between the people and the government um, because the governments have nukes and they will nuke you. Uh, what, what a comment to make. Uh, those who say the blood of patriots, you know, all this stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. If you think you have the weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. I mean, just what kind of comment is that to to make against your people? So that tells me they're scared. Uh, they're scared as they see parents all over the country coming in full force uh, and ready and prepared and articulate, ready to defend their rights uh, at these school board meetings, uh, taking on critical race theory, saying, not in my school. Uh, people who are fighting it back against these corporations like Nike and Coke, saying, we're not going to buy your damn products. We're not going to drink your Coke. We're not going to wear your shoes. We're not going to go to your movies. And um, and we need to continue down this, this path because um, corporate America owns our media. They tell us what we can, we can know, uh, what we're allowed to, to hear about what's going on in the world around us. Um, and so we, we need to fight back with corporate America. And, uh, and the main, main weapon we have with corporate America is our pocketbooks. So we need to speak loud and clear. And uh, Nike's taking a big hit. And I, as far as I'm concerned, they can continue taking a bigger hit. One, there's sheer hypocrisy um, in having their uh, products made over in China from basically slave labor oftentimes and uh, not speaking out against any of the cruel and inhumane actions of the Chinese government and yet uh, wanting to finger point and, and uh, condemn how horrible America is. So, and then Coca-Cola and uh, who truly has a racist past uh, telling white people to be less white. And uh, so both of these corporations, that's just two examples. Uh, and so I happen to have a lot of Delta miles that I need to use up, but uh, Delta is another one that we really need to hit back hard on. But we just need to continue to hit back on these corporations and stop supporting them. So, and, and unfortunately, you know, a lot of us probably have family and friends that work for them. So it's a tough call. I mean, we have to have jobs, but um, we've got to be able to to fight back on on these corporations that are trying to dominate. Our political environment. So, um, let me. When we get back on, we're going to take a break here in just a minute. But we're going to get back and talk about some of the judgments that are coming out against the people on January sixth, and about John Sullivan and the latest video he put out there, and uh, what others are going through um, on January that were part of that. Um, event that took place. I'm not going to call it insurrection because it was just a mob mentality for the most part of people who were frustrated. Uh, there were some people that definitely planned, you know, to 
to breach the Capitol, but most people in there were just going along with a mob mentality that can take place at a athletic event or any type of a concert or any type of group that you have a massive group together that people behave differently in a group mentality than they would an individual. So we'll be back in just a minute and kind of tie this, tie these comments in that president Biden made to what's going on in the world around us. Welcome back to the Path Forward Utah. I'm Jamie Rinder, your host today. We're missing Nacho, our uh, Latinos for Trump, and um, he had a recital for one of his children today, so I'm filling in for him. So just tying this into the Capitol protesters, there's some judgments coming out this morning. Uh, There's a U.S. District Judge Lambert who basically castigated Republican lawmakers yesterday for downplaying the violence of the mob that stormed the Capitol on January 6th, saying, uh, when she, she was handing down one of the first sentences, she says, I'm especially troubled by the accounts of some of the members of Congress that January 6th was just a day of tourists walking through the Capitol. I don't know what planet they were on. This was not a peaceful demonstration. It was not an accident that turned into <clears throat> that turned violent. It was intended to halt the very function of our government. Um, so it was a 49 year old Indiana woman uh, pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor account of demonstrating inside the Capitol. This was a woman who walked inside the Capitol. Her name was Anna Morgan Lloyd. Now, I'm not for sure she went in through the east side or west side, but she just simply walked in, stayed 10 minutes and uh, she expressed the next day on social media or somewhere that was the most exciting day of her life. Uh, but uh, in court, she expressed extreme regret and con- uh, contrition. Well, who wouldn't? Because they're having the books thrown at them. They're looking at prison time for walking in the Capitol. Now, I'm not saying that there's not some people that should definitely have the books thrown because there definitely are. But uh, I've seen the videos and there were many people that were just simply let in the doors. And I definitely feel Many people did not understand that the Capitol was not open. The doors were open. People were being let in. People were walking around. Now, however, John Sullivan was not let in through a door. He climbed in through a broken window. And he actually broke a window while he was in there and was trying to incite people to tear down statues and to burn this shit down. So I'm going to compare this woman to John Sullivan because this woman simply was walking through the Capitol for 10 minutes. She went on to say, I I went there to support President Trump peacefully. I'm ashamed that it became a savage display of violence that day. It was never my intent to be part of something like that that's so disgraceful to American people. Uh, I just want to apologize. In 
I think it's rightfully so that she apologized. She got a three-year probation uh, sentence, which is three times the normal length of probation that someone with no uh, criminal record, first-time offense for what she's even being accused of, uh, gets. So three times the normal uh, uh, sentencing probation sentence. So anyway, I'm going to continue going down because this judge wanted to make sure that uh, she tied in the Black Lives Matter and uh, and Antifa uh, into this. The judge also took time to dismiss the conspiracy theories about the FBI informants. I didn't see exactly what she said, but uh, I don't think they're conspiracy uh, theories. Uh, She didn't really have any information that dismissed them. Um, it's pretty clear that there were FBI working among these these groups and that they were there and took part of that event that day from the information that's coming out that Tucker Carlson went over. Um, people that are being uh, not uh, forthcoming on these documents, on who they are, uh, their names are being withheld um, in these court documents. So I, I say full disclosure if, um, to everyone that was there. Why did, <clears throat> once we had a handle on it and, and we had all the National Guard there, why did we allow people to walk out of the Capitol without exposing their identity, without getting fingerprints and names and IDs, without checking backpacks? I mean, I don't care if it was somebody on the right or the left, um, anybody that walked in with a Kevlar helmet on and a backpack and their face fully covered. And I'm not talking with the COVID-19 mask, but I'm talking about fully covered, uh, black block covered uh, should have been exposed. These people are the ones that still probably have not been identified, and uh, yet we allowed them to leave the Capitol without exposing their identity. Why haven't we seen any of the footage of any uh, of the, I think, 500 hours worth of video footage throughout the Capitol? Why has that been withheld from the American people? Um, I've heard that there has been some of it leaked, and uh, somebody leaked it, and that whistleblower will probably uh, end up not being perceived as a whistleblower. Um, but uh, from my understanding, that video footage is quite telling of what took place inside the Capitol. But why not? The only real footage we have is that of John Sullivan, unfortunately. Uh, so he did do a good job documenting the part that of where he was at Um But uh, there is uh, very good video footage of that day. And why haven't we seen video footage throughout um, downtown downtown D.C. area that shows where the people came from? I mean, there's all kinds of ways that. uh, But anyway, the video footage from within the Capitol, uh, we should be able to have more access to. But maybe, you know, there. Or at least the defendants should have access to. And that's something that else that I, I've been told that the defendants have been trying to get access to that video footage for their defense cases, and they haven't been able to get that. 
Um, so anyway, uh, so the judge took time to basically, let me, some of my defendants in some cases and other cases think there's no consequence to this. And there is a consequence. I don't want to create the impression that probation is automatic outcome here because it's not going to be. And then they try to talk about what's going on in states with the Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Um, and it's really hard when this one is being, you know, there's going to be consequences. You can't do a crime without doing the time. Yet all summer long, for a year and a half, we've had cities burning down. And uh, we've had looting taking place. And we've had businesses being destroyed. We have had people being attacked. We've had, I think, 200 deaths that have taken place in these riots. And there seems to be little to no appetite from the district attorneys or whoever are running these cities or even the federal government of holding these people accountable. And yet, for January 6th, um, when the only person that was really, that was killed, now there was five people who lost their lives, four of which were actual people that took place in this um, due to accidents and other things, but one was Ashley Babbitt who was killed, that we can't even get really the information that happened there in the police officer that shot her, and then the officer that died of natural causes the day after. And um, again, horrible thing. I wish these people had not done January 6th, but in any way making this uh, such an elevated um crime over that of what we've experienced the last 18 months throughout our nation um, makes no sense whatsoever. And, and and the people of America see the, the hypocrisy there. Portland, under 180 days of, of, chaos, of, of riots, of their downtown being shut down, of their federal business, uh, buildings being attacked, uh, police precincts being burned down. Uh, ICE buildings being attacked, ICE officers being attacked, ICE buildings being um, attacked. I mean, uh, just the list goes on and on of what uh, violence. And um, and now we're seeing the ramifications. We see cities after cities, uh, police retiring, uh, leaving, moving, uh, walking away. And the the detriment that it's doing to these cities and the people that it's hurting most are the very people that they claim to love and care for. And um, so anyway, there, there seems to be zero accountability. And uh, the Democrats want to focus on January 6th. And again, I feel like, you know, hold people accountable, the ones that were on the front lines pushing through and and charging and being in any way harmful or disrespectful to the police officers that day, hold them accountable, full accountability. People that were just walking through the Capitol and uh, caused no harm, uh, let them go. So anyway, we'll be back in just a minute on the, on the path forward Utah to talk about how we move forward from here and how we can bring our nation together. When you come through Ogden, Utah, make sure you stop in Brixton's Baked Potato for one of the best baked potatoes you'll have. Check us out on Brixton's.com, and uh, we'll see you next time we pass through Ogden, Utah.
Welcome back to the Path Forward Utah. I'm Jamie Renda, uh, your host today. Um, just want to talk about John Sullivan again. He's our favorite Utah Antifa member. Now, I've, I have mentioned on the program before, I met John back in October in New York and had a quite a interesting dialogue with him for several hours, of which I recorded a significant amount. And he is a self-declared anarchist. And um, at that time, you know, he is quite, you know, smooth in his language or tries to be smooth. And, you know, I'm not Antifa, you know, what's Antifa? And uh, then he talks about the black block on why they wear a black block and et cetera. And basically to avoid, you know, being arrested. Um, You know, well, why would you want to avoid, avoid being arrested unless you're doing something criminal, John? But then he told me, you know, you know, that they're wanting, you know, to get rid of the police. And I said, well, what's your replacement mechanism? Well, we have that and uh, we have that planned out. And I said, well, where is this uh, replacement? You know, I'll get you a copy of it. Well, you know, it's what, nine months later, October, December, yeah, nine months later. And I still don't have a copy from John of what this magical replacement is for uh, the police department that he told me that they had. And because uh, I pointed out to him, I said, the very people that you're saying you care about are going to be the ones most harmed by not having a functioning police department. But they had this magical thing that they were going to replace the police department with. And and uh, but people uh, higher than him had this. And I guess uh, he hasn't been able to get in touch with this uh, with the p- people hiring him in this group that does not exist. And, uh, but anyway, he came out and he, he's, you know, he just bounces all over the place in, in where he's at. And one video he put out this week, it was his first riot and, uh, kind of showed his first riot down in downtown Salt Lake that he accidentally rolled up on, but then tried to compare himself to, uh, Andy, no, uh, the really brave journalist, that has gone in to expose Antifa. And so in one breath, John is trying to compare himself to Andy No, And then the next day he puts out a video showing him and his black block uh, gear getting ready to go out and participate in a, in a riot as a member of Antifa. And then it says, join Antifa and uh, to stop the fascist. And so here, this is someone who participated in the January 6th riots, uh, January 6th, not riots, I'm sorry, January 6th event. They were not riots, but January 6th, quote, insurrection, as they want to call it, um, that has no limitation on his movement, that is not in jail, that can put anything else out on social media he wants, that can put together a video encouraging people to join Antifa, Um I just, uh, it's an upside down world we live in. Uh, when Antifa is being made out to be some honorable institution and uh, and people who are trying to, that uh, believe in working hard and holding down a job and just, you know, trying to, you know, have in their neighborhoods and, and um, school districts and everything else are, being perceived as, you know, I don't know. Anyway, it's just an upside down world we live in. So, uh, but what I can tell you and uh, that I, because I, I work with a lot of people and uh, we're just about to launch a, a Blexit group here in the state of Utah. 
So I'm working with a lot of black conservatives and other groups. And uh, there are people, grassroots people. I mean, uh, Trump may or may not ever be reelected in 2024, but Trump has, uh, he has awakened the American people and given them courage to stand up and fight against those who want to take over our country who want to basically do what Britney Spears' dad has done to her, put us in a conservative ship to tell us what is best for us and to control our lives. Do we want to be Britney? Do we want somebody telling us how to live our lives? Uh, if we should have children, when we should be in a relationship, uh, what work we can do and, uh, where we can, you know, if we're good, if we do this, we can go on our vacations. If we do this, we can, you know, be able to keep our children. I mean, that's basically what we're looking at. I mean, let's connect with Brittany here because that's, that's the direction we're going. We're going to have the elite people of the world telling us what we can, what is in our best interest and in the world's best interest by controlling the basic details of our daily lives. What is best to teach our children? Uh, what kind of cars that we should drive? Whether or not we should own a home? Um, what kind of books that we can buy? I mean, what we are allowed to read, what we're allowed to say, what kind of pronouns we have to use. Um, the list goes on and on and on and on about what is in our best interest, according to the elites. So are we going to allow ourselves to get in the same situation that Britney Spears is in and is fighting to get out of? Again, I'm not saying that Britney Spears may not have needed help, but did she need someone to take over her entire life and to take away all of her freedoms? And so we are in a place in America yeah, we need some help. Maybe we needed to wake up. You know, we needed somebody to kick us in the back end and say, hey, pay attention. You're losing your freedoms. Uh, you got to get a, you have to wake up here. And, uh, and I think President Trump, whether again, he's ever in office, he has definitely woken up Americans and uh, to what we're about to lose. And so you see this all across America right now with people going to the school boards. And I think we're going to see some massive change going on there. I don't know how you get rid of the teachers union. Um, maybe it's going to happen through uh, massive charter schools, but even charter schools have problems if not careful. Um, if it's going to happen through vouchers, if it's just going to be a lot, a lot more parents homeschooling, but we've almost got to the point in society that, you know, it takes two parents to raise a family because inflation's gotten so high. So, we're going to have to maneuver this carefully and prayerfully um, to be able to figure our way through this. But I, I have no doubt that we have it within us as Americans uh, to do this, that we have the potential to overcome um, the situation that we're in. So as we move forward, we have to do so wisely. We have to do so with love in our hearts. And uh, Dave Ch uh, Chappelle, I think that's how you say his name, the comedian, uh, he made a, and I wished I had it pulled up in front of me right now, but he, he, he made a, a comment this week that I thought was really insightful, but it's kindness. It's, it's, it, he called it the, 
I'm just going to look him up real quick, see if I can find it. But the kindness uh, philosophy, kindness and uh, see if I can find it. And he's, you know, he's definitely, he's more liberal than I am and definitely was not a Trump supporter, but I, I agree with his position on this and I can't find it right away, but, but he was just talking about that we as American people, if we go with the kindness, um, anyway, kindness philosophy, that was not the word he used, um, that we will win over, over the politicians and the corporations is because we will, as we treat people kindly and with uh, humanely that we as citizens can build that trust again within each other and that we will be able to uh, basically push back on our corporations and our politicians. And uh, so next time I get on, I'm going to talk about his comments because I thought they were very insightful and that's really what we need to do. We've got to move forward with love in our hearts, be kind to each other, and make sure as we're talking to each other and we're trying to explain our positions that we do so with kindness and love. And this is how we're going to win back our country. But we are going to have to fight. We're going to have to show up at the right places. And it's not always going to be done using the exact, you know, right words uh, with our politicians. And uh, so be willing to go out there and fight for your kids, what they're being, being taught in school. Be willing to go out there and uh, hold your elected representatives accountable, but uh, also be willing to go out there and befriend your neighbor and build back our communities with love and kindness. So tomorrow we'll have Bob McEntee back on the program. Bob McEntee will be here tomorrow. And then make sure you always tune in for Dr. Marcy on Wednesdays. Uh, Ryan um, Woods will be back in July uh, a.k.a. Lady Maga, and uh, Ignacio Valdez Nacho uh, Caliente will be back next Thursday. So thank you for joining us on the Path Forward Utah, and we'll see you next Monday.